0: Hey, Susanna.
1: Hey, Tabby. What's up? Hey, nothing much. You know,
0: fall feels like it's falling.
1: Fall is in the air.
0: (laughs) I did not know we'd be getting a
1: musical number. I didn't. I didn't either. That just came out. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know. Is it a pretty good week? Mm, I think it's another horrible week to be hosting a climate-focused podcast. Oh.
0: Yeah. All right. An oil pipeline off the coast of Southern California has spilled, I think, more than 120,000 gallons by the time of recording uh, of oil into the Pacific Ocean, which is damaging local wildlife habitats, shutting down a swath of popular beaches and potentially harming human health. The breach was reported uh, Saturday and occurred about five miles off the coast of Huntington Beach in Orange County, California. Spilling the equivalent of an estimated 3,000 barrels, you know, about 126,000 gallons of post-production crude. And as of the time of recording this episode, the leak's cause remains unknown.
1: Wait, what? This just happened this weekend. Uh, This is just a few days later. I don't feel like I've heard any media cover. I mean, I don't consume like a ton of TV or anything like that. But like, there was a major oil spill off of California. Major, major. And nobody even knows what the leaks cause was yeah
0: it's it you're right i think it i don't i'm also not like a cable news junkie and i think also obviously like everything that i see and read online is affected by what i've searched for so as a person who's a co-host of this climate focused podcast it's like a top it's like one of the top hits in my like personalized newsfeed. but yeah when i switch over to the, like the u.s and global tab it's definitely like seventh fiddle or whatever it's low it's low on the priority mm. with like all this like centrist democrat budget reconciliation stuff there's a lot of stuff there's, there's the supreme court stuff. is back in session there's a lot of stuff it's like taking up the news cycle rightly so but this is also a very significant spill and another horrible instance of an oil spill that's due to offshore drilling and honestly it's just one of the many horrible consequences that come from our dependence on fossil fuels but i think as per the sort of you know, use for our podcast. There are some glimmers of hope coming out of California.
1: Yay, hope! They're ending offshore drilling. No,
0: the hope. Unfortunately, the hope here is not focused on offshore drilling, but
1: wah, uh, wah, yes,
0: wah. not just yet. But there is a glimmer of hope in a Los Angeles County ordinance that is phasing out oil and gas drilling in parts of the county. And advocates are hailing it as a victory, not only just in fighting back, you know, on oil extraction. But it's also a big victory, apparently, for a years-long movement for environmental justice.
1: Ooh, yeah. okay. That yeah. is cool. So Let's, let's get, get into, into it. it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it.
0: this whole ordinance is being led by L.A. County Supervisor Holly Mitchell. She represents large chunks of central and south Los Angeles. And this ordinance is setting the county on a path to shutter the roughly uh, 1,600 or so oil and gas wells that span all of L.A. County's unincorporated communities.
1: Wow. Um, I mean, that's crazy to think about that L.A., which is such a massive, massive city, yes, has... 1,600, so it's 1,600 oil and gas wells. I can't, I mean, can you imagine that in New York City? I know, yeah,
0: it's crazy. It's totally, totally crazy. Uh,
1: Wow. Um, and to understand why these wells have been such a problem, you have to understand that drilling for oil was one of LA's first big industries. Yes. So that's kind of how we got here. And over time, a mix of health, environmental, and of course, real estate mm-hmm. concerns began to create a huge rift in L.A. between the haves and the have-nots.
0: Right. On the one hand, you've got oil and gas wells that were located in affluent and sort of rising affluent areas of L.A. County. And in those cases, much of the extraction equipment was hidden beneath hedges or actually inside of, like, large buildings and towers.
1: That is so... Wild. (laughs) And obviously why we don't associate, you know, just visitors to LA don't associate it as being like a huge oil capital. Because they actually hid equipment, Mm -hmm. which is, I mean, I'm from Texas. When you go driving out in Texas, like you see the oil rigs, you know, dipping and turning. Like how difficult is it to hide an oil rig? And oh my God, these people were so rich and had so much influence. They were actually able to get them to build whole other structures around oil rigs so that they didn't have to look at them.
0: This is the greatest NIMBY move of all time, right? Like, we've actually linked another sort of photo feature from LA Magazine on those hidden oil rigs of LA. And it's as ridiculous and incredible as you kind of think it could be. And I mean incredible in the like lax credulity, beyond credibility sense. Like these are hulking, giant windowless structures that are hiding giant oil derricks and drills and all the equipment inside. And they look like these innocuous, you know, like windowless, str- it's cra- It's so crazy. Some of them are like, wow. anyway, yeah, it's nuts. And it's like, yeah, like I said, it's like the ultimate sort of like reverse NIMBY move. It's like, oh, you want this horrible thing in my neighborhood? Well, you better hide it inside of another structure that helps me fully forget that it's there.
1: Right. It's like the ultimate influence of affluence, Ooh. you know? It's like, it's literally out of sight, out of mind. Like, I don't want to see this thing. I don't want to know it's there. Yep.
0: Yep, and it, it Like the tragic irony has no limits in this specific case. One of those hidden rigs is the 165 foot derrick at Beverly Hills High, dubbed "Get This," the Tower of Hope.
1: What are we hoping for? Yeah, well, in, in, like yeah. hope this will be obsolete pretty soon. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, so like they basically, I think it was in 2000 they built it. It was all clad in vinyl, uh, sound-absorbing sheath, and it was festooned with flowers painted by hospitalized children. Oh, it's, it's the irony is 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 devastating. Lawsuits claiming chemicals associated with the rig caused cancer were either dismissed or settled, but only after the owner of that Derek Vinoco went bankrupt was the drilling site shut down in July of 2017. So look, horrible cases, you know, were brought before and settled, but it's only when the company ran out of money that this thing was closed. The Tower of Hope, a cancer-causing tower of hope. Yeah,
1: hope you don't get cancer? Yeah, hoping, like what yeah, is- It's insane. That's so gross. Yeah. Okay, so even if it's hidden, these things are causing all kinds of health problems, yep. not to mention the environmental impact, but the like actual human impact is really devastating and horrible, but at least they're hiding them. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's kind of cool. Like It seems like a win because nobody wants to look at that infrastructure and the rich people actually convince them to keep this ugly stuff out of sight. Mm. Uh, so, you know, health problems, horrible, but at least we don't have to look at it. So how did they hide the wells and equipment in non-affluent neighborhoods, right? They hid them in the non-affluent neighborhoods too, right? Yeah. Of, right? Yeah. All right. I feel like yeah. I'm that meme right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. They hid got... them in the non-affluent neighborhoods, right? <laughs> right?
0: Hold right? up a minute. Hold up. Of course they didn't. Open drilling was clustered in poorer neighborhoods of color where residents have experienced even more elevated health issues such as headaches, nosebleeds, breathing problems, and then even higher cancer rates uh, due to toxic air emissions. So, like benzene and formaldehyde are just, for example, a couple of the chemicals that are, you know, byproducts that are spewed into the air for the local environment. They regularly escape from both active and idle wells. That's crazy, right? Not to mention noise pollution, which is shown to have a deterious effect upon local communities. It's really, really bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth noting here that the neighborhoods that are worst off when it comes to proximity to exposed oil drilling are the very neighborhoods that were formed as a result of the history of redlining, which is, of course, the systematic denial of various services to residents of specific, often racially associated neighborhoods or communities, either explicitly or through selectively raising of prices. Yep. And in LA in the 1930s, there was a particularly infamous set of red line maps. I don't know if you know about this, but mm-hmm. in the, the presence of pollution-heavy industrial operations, that was supposed to land in neighborhood in the red line zones. Yep. And that you know sort of signaled, like, this is a higher risk area. And that would discourage banks from lending or investing in it because it had this, you know, sort of pollution heavy um, operations in there. So consequently, L.A.'s Black, Latino, Asian neighborhoods, they were all redlined in those maps because of this fossil fuel infrastructure, which in turn entrapped the poverty that was building there due to the the disinvestment from those banks and the wrong investments by the fossil fuel infrastructure. But... What about all the wells in the white and the wealthier neighborhoods, such as Beverly Hills? Right, where the, the Tower Hills of hide. Hope, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, those communities were shaded green and blue in the same maps, signaling less risk and encouraging the bank investment. So they didn't even follow their own rules regarding how how to define the risk in those neighborhoods. Those neighborhoods had the exact same fossil fuel infrastructure that should have gotten them redlined, and they didn't. It was just straight up racist policy. Oh,
0: absolutely. And it's so crazy. There was this one fact in the main article that we've linked to uh, in the descriptor about how today, approximately one third of LA County residents lives less than one mile from an active rig. That's so crazy. <laughs> I know. And the neighborhoods that are the most affected are of course black and latino. As well, white angelinos who live near wells are more likely to live near those that are that either have stronger environmental controls or have already been deactivated and give off less of those like toxic chemicals, right? So over the years, A growing body of public health research linking the air toxins produced by drilling to respiratory and heart health issues has broadened public awareness and advocacy for stopping sort of the industry uh, continuing to drill in these areas. The vote on this ordinance was a result of a five-year engagement by advocates around an update to the county zoning codes that regulate drilling. It started the drafting of a new county ordinance and a study of the financial costs and employment implications of phasing out drilling from these unincorporated areas.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. So L.A. used to have a ton of oil rigs and infrastructure, which is totally unbelievable to someone like me who's visited there once or twice and has never seen this stuff. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because apparently they've been hiding it in these faux buildings. Um... But because now we see that have such terrible health impacts, they're actually starting to phase it out. So on the county level, there's been a successful argument made to rewrite the zoning code to shutter and remove remaining active and inactive drill sites. And they just, they looked at the basic calculus, right? Health yeah. impacts, potential economic job impacts. It's
0: simple. It's actually really a simple equation.
1: It's super simple. Yeah. Is this thing risks. adding more right. than it's taking away? Exactly.
0: More health risks than job opportunities. And right. like the, all of the associated costs. It's it, The concept is simple. The hidden math behind both of those, you know, portions, of course, is exceedingly complicated. But yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, and of course, there's not the sort of overbearing, looming influence of... Big money. Oh, of course. In that, chart. money
0: has momentum, right? Money yeah. has momentum in this system, so yeah. it's hard to, you know, slow it down or turn it off its path for sure.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's pretty cool, you know. If we yeah. take this as a model that has worked in multiple parts of LA County and beyond, mm-hmm. we could certainly apply this tactic to any drill sites that are situated close enough to an un- unincorporated community, you know. Mm-hmm. But really, all this decision takes is the acceptance of a town or a city council to vote to update the zoning ordinance. It's like, wow, this is actually remarkably simple and effective It's such a practical way to shut down these horribly polluting facilities and make a massive win for environmental justice. Yeah, And
0: to me, the reason why I wanted to kind of land on that point was just that it feels like a really basic through line to our last episode, you know, where you were talking about what sort of, on the town level, on the county level, we can do when we show up to these meetings and how we act and what we bring, what information, what awareness, and what issues we prioritize. Like, if a lot of this work was done to hide these 1600 or so oil, I mean, not all of them are hidden, but like, to hide the hidden ones in Beverly Hills County, that took that NIMBY attitude that took that like pernicious, you know, for lack of a better shorthand, like Karen at the county board, like, being like, I will, I will not see this, ta- like, even if it still gives me cancer, hide it, strike it from my view. I don't know why this accent for an L.A. Karen, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why, but here we are. Um, but it, it really, guys, what we're saying is basically it's an active, concerned, and aware citizenry that is helping drive some really, really impactful decisions uh, that will pull a lot of carbon out of the air, that will make environments uh, healthier for the people that live in them. And they're happening on the local level. Like, this is about as grassroots as you can get within the American legal system. It's a zoning law change. This is the same people who are gonna be talking about, like, I don't want border forsythia. Like, I don't want these plants, like, in my view. That solar array is too big and I don't wanna see it. Well, look, this is where these local changes are happening. And yes, it was a five-year process, but It doesn't matter how long it takes. That process needs to start now. So, yeah, just as a through line to the last uh, episode.
1: I love that, too, because we often try to be more solutions focused on the podcast. And, you know, climate change can feel too big to tackle. Always
0: feels too big to tackle. Like some part of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah
1: but it's not too big to tackle to get on your local board or your local zoning board and to institute those changes from the inside out like exactly. be one of the people on the boards who says this is something we should change you yeah. know that's something that's within almost everybody's reach to try and get those political positions
0: and so with no looming west coast east coast beefs from like the rapper culture game we you know upstate new yorkers extend a a hearty high five across this country to the folks of LA County who like fought the good fight and oh, you know yeah. really held their representatives to task over a five-year process and like don't stop there shut down knock out those you know de-install those 1600 oil rigs seal them up proper so they're not bleeding those terrible toxic chemicals into the air and don't stop there let's go for offshore drilling like that's yeah. what's next like the stakes are way too high the health the, the sort of deleterious health effects that are starting to be seen from that oil spill on the human population, if that doesn't motivate you, like if cute turtles and seabirds don't motivate you, then like those are money making and those are commonly popularly used beaches that will have negative health effects upon your children for decades. You know, whatever context you need to motivate to make that one small change, this is happening at the local level, folks. We can do this.
1: Absolutely. Love that.
0: So yeah, maybe that. Uh, let's just leave it on that. Go get it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> let's go get, get inspired. It. Make yeah. the change in your town. Go to your town
0: board meetings. Meet your neighbors. Figure out what's important to them, and then you know start to tease that arc towards climate justice. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, as always, you know we're representing Sun Common. We are a solar installer in upstate New York and the Capital Region, and almost all of Vermont. We're here to to help you go solar uh, at your home, at your business. And yeah, I'm Tavi. I'm Susanna. And this has been a lot of fun.